88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Outgoing Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she has no regrets about pushing ahead with the extradition bill in 2019. Mrs Lam also said Hong Kong's political environment, driven in part by the media, had undermined her government. And police say they have arrested over 200 people in an operation targeting triads following a shooting and machete attack in Central yesterday. The outgoing Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she has no regrets about pushing ahead with the extradition bill in 2019, a move that sparked massive protests and led to the arrest of thousands of people. Timmy Sung reports. Speaking on an RTHK programme which looked back at her five-year term, Carrie Lam reiterated that the extradition bill had been needed to prevent Hong Kong becoming a safe haven for fugitives. She says she had apologised at the time because the government had done a poor job in explaining such a complicated legal matter to the public in layman's terms, while the other side had what she called an overwhelming amount of propaganda. I do not think the government made a mistake in introducing this bill, Mrs Lam said. The chief executive says she had tried to mend rift in society after she took office and that Beijing had taken an inclusive approach towards opposition lawmakers. But she said the extradition bill saga demonstrated that harmony at a superficial level was meaningless and what happened was unavoidable. Asked what she planned to do after she retires, Ms Lam says she didn't have any particular work in mind. She also says she would not set up a think tank, as this would be like interfering with or influencing the work of the administration. Mrs Lam also said the media and key opinion leaders were to blame for a lack of innovation from government officials, saying public servants had been undermined by the political environment. In a separate exclusive interview with RTHK, the outgoing CE also said the national security law wasn't the reason why people's freedom of assembly had been limited, saying this will be clear once COVID restrictions are lifted. Damon Pang reports. Carrie Lam says officials have been playing safe in recent years with the ideas in part because of the political environment. And that wasn't just limited to friction in the legislature. It also included the media and some key opinion leaders. They exaggerate what officials say and their policy measures. After a period of time, the officials say, OK, I won't do anything then. I just complete my duties and not try to make breakthroughs and be innovative because they involve risks. Mrs. Lam says officials have been targeted, but she thinks they are capable of performing better, especially through the use of technology or other innovative ways to improve public services. She says the civil service is still capable, seeing after their oaths of allegiance, they understand their roles better under the one country, two systems principle. While several key officials, led by incoming Chief Executive John Lee, have risen up the ranks of the disciplined forces, Mrs. Lam says administrative offices will still play important roles in the short term. They are very valuable resources to the governing team, she says, and can supplement the disciplined forces well. Mrs. Lam also stressed that Hong Kong people's freedom of assembly had been limited because of COVID restrictions, not the national security law. She says she can't see any changes to the public's freedom, saying it was whom she called people with ulterior motives who had linked the issue to the security legislation. Police say they have arrested over 200 people in an operation targeting triads and their sources of income. 
The operation, codenamed Levington, comes in the wake of yesterday's shooting and machete attack in Central, which officers suspect was linked to a dispute between two gangs. Natalie Ching reports. In a statement, the force said officers had raided a range of entertainment venues, including bars, modern parlours and nightclubs. 208 people, aged between 16 and 79, were arrested on suspicion of wounding, possession of offensive weapons, trafficking dangerous drugs and running gambling establishments. Officers also issued about 140 fixed penalty tickets to people who had flouted social distancing rules. And now the weather. It will be mainly cloudy with occasional showers. There will be a few squally thunderstorms tonight and tomorrow morning. Showers will ease off gradually later tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 26 and 30 degrees. Moderate to fresh south to southwesterly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on high ground at first. The outlook hot with sunny periods on Monday. The temperature at the observatory now is 27 degrees with humidity of 87%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Government pandemic adviser David Hoy says Hong Kong's COVID vaccination rate means it could take a less strict approach to international arrivals, although he thinks the incoming administration first needs to talk to Beijing about quarantine-free travel with the mainland. The Chinese university professor spoke to reporters. Currently, we have achieved reasonably high vaccination rates, so we do have the capacity to reconnect with the outside world. But however, to a lot of people, Reopening the border with the mainland is also very important. So they have business there, they have families there. So I think the, the new government needs to renegotiate with the National Health Commissions on the criteria for reopening the border and then work out from there. Health officials have reported 851 new COVID infections, almost 180 more than yesterday. 360 of them were found through PCR tests, while 491 were reported by people who had administered rapid tests at home and were later verified positive by authorities. 74 cases were imported. Officials also say there were outbreaks at another two bars, Racks City and Central, and FLM in Shengwan, involving 31 people. Dr Chang Shukwan is from the Centre for Health Protection. Fortunately, we have not uh, observed any increase so far in the uh, emission figures as well as the number of serious or death cases at present. So we will closely monitor the situation so uh, to see whether there is any increase in the uh, burden in the healthcare system. A government campaign to help those in need celebrate the upcoming 25th anniversary of the handover got underway today with the Chief Executive Kai Lam handing out gift packs to the underprivileged in Wong Tai Sin. The celebrations for all campaign, spearheaded by the Home Affairs Department, will see volunteers from participating NGOs visit 300,000 households to distribute gift packs. Mrs Lam was joined by the Acting Secretary for Home Affairs, Jack Chan, and Philip Chen, Chairman of the Jockey Club. Macau is set to relax quarantine requirements for travellers from Hong Kong, Taiwan and overseas countries. From next Wednesday, fully vaccinated travellers will have to spend 10 days in quarantine hotels, four days less than at present. They also have to have negative PCR tests when they enter Macau and during quarantine. Health officials there say the relaxation is due to the incubation period for Omicron being shorter than for other COVID strains. 
Ukrainian, Ukrainian officials say their army is running out of artillery in battles with invading Russian forces. Vitaly Kim is the governor of the Mykolaiv region on the front line in the south. Russian army is more powerful. They have a lot of artillery and ammo. So for now, this is a war of artillery and we're out of ammo from our talk. So help of Europe and America is very, very important because we just need ammo to defend our country. Mr. Kim said Ukraine needed especially long-range weapons and ammunition. Alexander Stroik is the head of Severodonetsk Civil, Civil Military Administration. As of today, intense urban warfare is taking place in Severodonetsk. One third of the city is firmly under the control of the Ukrainian armed forces. That is, a line of defence has been built and in the adjoining residential areas there's fighting going on. Military operations are ongoing. We are trying to drive them away. Fighting in the streets is happening all the time in the city, which is accompanied by constant bombardment. There's been no water supply for about two months now because there's been no electricity for that long. Power lines going into the city have been cut off, plus about 70% of electric substations within the city have been destroyed by shelling. We have had injuries and deaths. These are mainly the result of shelling done by Russian troops on residential areas. Streets on the outskirts all along the city perimeter are almost completely destroyed. Ukraine needs long-range artillery and it needs air defences because the main obstacle to our progress in defending our territory is that they are bombing us and we can't defend against that. The German Chancellor Olaf Scholz says the European Union should start accession talks with North Macedonia. Speaking in the capital Skopje on the second day of a tour of the region, Mr Scholz said Russia's invasion of Ukraine made it important for Europe to stand together and he praised, he praised North Macedonia's support of sanctions on the Kremlin. Soon it will have been 20 years since the Western Balkan states were promised a European perspective. It's time to practice what we preach. That's why I and Germany will advocate for opening up the way for concrete talks, for a concrete start of negotiations, because this is necessary. The Syrian government has confirmed that an airstrike it blames on Israel has caused major damage to runways at Damascus International Airport, which remains closed for a second day. The attack, just before dawn on Friday, is also reported to have three, hit three nearby arms depots belonging to the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah. Israel rarely acknowledges individual strikes. President Biden and 20 fellow leaders from the Americas have concluded a meeting by announcing a set of measures to address large-scale migration across the region. The declaration, the centrepiece of a summit in Los Angeles, include commitments by the US, US, Canada and Mexico to accept more guest workers from poorer countries. Washington also pledged hundreds of millions of dollars to help Venezuelan migrants and more family-based visas for Cubans and Haitians. But Mr. Biden said a lot of work remained to be done. This is just a start. Every country needs to work together to maintain a humane and orderly immigration process, to invest in securing the borders, screening and registering migrants who enter their countries, and repatriating those who do not qualify to remain. Millions of migrants have arrived at the southern border of the U.S. in recent years. The United States is lifting the requirement for international arrivals to have a COVID test within 24 hours, 24 hours of boarding their flight. An administration official said the current mandate would expire on Sunday. Tory Emerson Barnes from the US Travel Association explains what this means for the country's aviation sector. 
with over 40 countries globally having lifted all COVID restrictions, uh, we definitely have been at a competitive disadvantage. And uh, we expect with the lifting of the departure test to see uh, 5.4 million additional visitors this year, uh, totaling $9 billion uh, in uh, additional uh, visitor spending, which is absolutely critical as we uh, seek to, to rebound from an industry standpoint and from uh, a, an overall economic standpoint. Australian taxpayers are to compensate the French shipbuilder Naval Group after last year's decision to cancel a multi-billion dollar future submarine contract. The deal was scrapped after Australia announced the new AUKUS security pact with the United States and the UK last September, which gave it access to nuclear submarine technology. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese made the announcement at Parliament House in Canberra. Australia will pay the Naval Group 555 million euros, which equates to around 830 million Australian dollars. The Canadian singer Justin Bieber has revealed he has a health condition that has left him partially paralysed in the face. He said he had Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which attacks facial nerves, forcing him to cancel tour dates. Dr. Andrew, Andrew Pastewski is an intensive care unit specialist in Miami. This is very similar to shingles, which is the second activation of chickenpox in most people when they're elderly and immunocompromised. It should not happen in the normal person. And the fact that it happened to someone so young does indicate that he probably was working his body way too hard and not able to have an immune system that could respond and fight this off. And it is probably evidence that he was working too hard. Sport and in football, Hong Kong got a second straight win in their Asian Cup qualifying campaign with a 3-0 victory over Cambodia in Kolkata. They have a 100% record in Group D following a 2-1 win over Afghanistan in their opening qualifier on Wednesday. Two quick-fire first-half goals from Matthew Orr and Sun Ming Him put Hong Kong in charge and Chan Xu Kwan sealed the victory on 63 minutes. Ecuador looks set to play at the 2022 World Cup after football's world governing body, FIFA, dismissed Chile's claims that they had fielded an ineligible player in the qualifiers. Last month, the Chilean Football Federation said it had proof that Ecuador's Byron Castillo was born in Colombia in 1995 and not in Ecuador in 1998, as stated on his official documents. Take the lead, I'll take your hand 